Today on Get Vertical Gal Police, we continue in our tradition series in the sermon called What's Right with Repentance. We continue looking at Luke chapter 15 and the prodigal son. Can you imagine being the prodigal son and the repentance and the heart that you would have to have to come back to your family? God can do great things though through a heart that is truly repentant. Let's listen in now. So in your notes right now, I want you, this is an exercise, I want to do this together. I want you to write down a heart issue that you have. Do you have a heart issue of fear? You fear of failure, maybe. Do you have a heart issue of despair where you grieve or you're hurting? Maybe you are struggling with bitterness. Maybe you've been betrayed. Maybe you have family members that have left you. Whatever the issue is, maybe you have a heart issue of unforgiveness, a heart issue of anger, or people at work anger, or maybe a spouse angers you. Maybe the heart issue that you're dealing with this morning is foolishness, which could be pornography, which could be a sensation of the eyes, could be sensation of the mouth, and I love to say, and I love to eat, and, and I love to be drunk on, and these are heart issues. They come from, these actions come from something of the heart. Do you have control or authority issues? Do you have, do you seek pleasure or attention? Do you have a victim mentality? Are you always seeking comfort, laziness maybe? Are you an extreme warrior begging for security in an unhealthy way? And we have to know our heart issues because look at point one in your notes. Repentance realizes my heart has rebellious motives. We can call God and say, God, forgive me of what I said to my coworker. Forgive me to what I said to my wife or my husband. Forgive me to how I responded and disciplined my children. But the fact is, if you only ask the Lord to forgive of the sin and you never take care of the heart, then you're not progressing in the Lord. You've got to have Jesus Christ help you and let the Holy Spirit move you onto the next step. You want to change. Well, a lot of times what we like to do is we like to take care of the symptom, but what God wants to do is he wants to take care of your heart. Because if you get to your heart, then you solve the issue of disease that's placating and plaguing your life. And so we want to dive into it. What was the prodigal son's issue? Dad, I want my inheritance. I want my freedom. And he failed to realize only freedom comes in Jesus Christ. We have heart issues, don't we? If we took a poll right now and say, man, my heart's struggling with some things, how many of us would agree to that? Yeah, come on. I look around. People's raising their hands because we have heart issues. And we want to see Jesus transform our heart issues. We want to let the cross of Jesus bear the burden of the penalty of that. We want to see the life of Jesus found in the empty tomb resurrect us in victory over those. But we have to be able to come to the point of saying, this is my heart issue. We have to let God understand we have to let God know, not understand, he already understands. We have to let God know, God, I, I realize because I want to repent. See, we want you to repent this morning because repentance is right. Repentance is good. Repentance is healthy. Repentance finds life. We don't want your heart dead. We want your heart alive in Christ. 
So as we go on, verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants, he came to himself. He realized that there's something better, that my father's servants have more than enough bread, but I perish even with hunger. I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him. Now, point number two, I love this. Before I get to what the prodigal says to his father, look at point number two. Repentance requires humility before restoration. If you want to change, you have to be humble. And you can't be humbled unless you're humiliated. You have to be okay with being crushed by the Lord. A person that's sitting in their chair this morning that says, I got control of it, that's not humble. And that's not humility at all. So, Father, I have sinned against Father in heaven and before you. I've sinned against God, Father, and I've sinned against you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Look at it. He realizes his condition. He realizes the state. I've sold. I thought you should be dead. I have no right for you to be my father. So he says this, treat me as one of your hired servants. He says, Dad, I would rather be a slave on your farm than, I would lo- than, than anything else in this world. I don't want to be anyone else's son. I don't want to be anyone else's slave. Dad, you're good. I'm not. I'm not worthy to be. Look how humble he's being. He's humiliating himself. And so this is what the Bible says in James, that God gives grace to the humble. That God flows His love and His compassion and His mercy on the person that will be okay with being humiliated. But it says in James that God not only gives grace to the humble, but He says He opposes, do you know it? He he opposes the proud. That God is against the person that's heart is hard and not humble. God help us to realize that our pride, our heart, our heart motives and desires sometimes puts us in, all times puts us in opposition to God. That when I continue to decide, when I continue to live in my anger, when I continue to live in despair, when I continue to live in foolishness, I am an enemy of God. The son, treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long ways off, look, He humbled himself. His father saw him and felt compassion. So repentance requires humility before restoration. The son isn't right until he humbles himself. You can't be right with God until you humble yourself. And here's ways that you humble yourself. Way number one, humble yourself by... Let's get this in our notes. This is the best uh, two words that you can say this morning. You know him? I'm, I'm what? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And until you can admit that I'm wrong, you will never be right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong to have these feelings. I'm, I'm wrong to have this bitterness. What you took, what sin you took on the cross for me, Jesus, was so much greater than the sin that's happened to me. The weight of being separated from the Father on the cross is far greater weight than any weight that I've taken and wrong that I've taken here on earth. Number two, I'm wrong. Number two is, I'm wrong. Can you help me? 
you're going to humble yourself, you have to begin with saying, I'm wrong. And then you have to say, I'm wrong. Can you help me? So it's saying that I can't do it. I need you, God. Hosea 6.1 says, come, let us return to the Lord. That's repentance. Let's return. I'm going back to you, Father. I know that you're good. He has torn us to pieces. That's the famine, the trial that you're going through, the place of humiliation you're going through. That's God's kindness. Letting you go through a famine to realize that you need him, but he will heal us. Look at that. He will heal. He wants to heal you. He doesn't want your heart bleeding from the wickedness that stirs within. I, uh, in our small group about a month ago, I sent this book out called Total Forgiveness. If you come this, um, this uh, Saturday to Devotion Date Night, every couple is going to get a, a phenomenal book called Total Forgiveness. But I have to tell you, every person that's listened to it, I, I've had like 10, 15 texts from people. I hate this book, John. This book is wrecking me. Several of the comments said, John, I didn't know how bad I am. But that's good of God because he's letting you know that you need him. And that's the point of Christianity. I need God. I can't do it. He has torn us to pieces. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Number three is I'm wrong, and I want others to help. That's why God created the church. There's a reason why we have a church there's a reason why God created fellowship. It's I need others. And not only do I want to find healing from the Lord, I want to find healing and get help with healing with people in my small group. I want to find healing and get healing. I'm going to be okay when people say hard things to me. I'm going to be okay when people reveal my heart condition. I'm wrong. I want others to help. Galatians 6.1 says, if someone is caught in sin, we are to restore them gently. That's not our heart to be harsh. Our heart is to restore restoration. But we do it gently, kindly. Number four is, I'm wrong and want to be right. What does it take to be right? I find uh, in my job as a pastor, I've been leading Bible studies since I was 16. I, I almost have 20 years. This fall, I will have 20 years teaching the Bible. And uh, I have found in, in my life, personally, and in my life as a pastor and a leader, that a lot of people are okay with saying, I'm wrong. I'm wrong, can you help me? I'm wrong, and I want others to help, but this is the one that gets them all the time. I'm wrong, and want to be right. What does it take to make it right? Remember the tax collector? If I've wronged anyone, I'll pay back four times what, what I took from them. I'm going to make it right. So humble yourself by, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, can you help me? I'm wrong and want others to help. I'm wrong and want to be right. What does it take to be right? So ways not to humble yourself. So don't humble yourself by this, I'm kind of wrong. Don't play around with your sin. Don't be okay with a little bit of sin. Don't be okay with a little bit of pride. Don't worry about what other, someone else did to you. Worry about the condition of your heart and let God deal with them. Quit staring at someone else's sin and deal with your heart. So don't, don't 
don't go around saying, I'm kind of right. By the way, I'm going to end really fast because I'm burning up up here. Anyone else warm? It's 70 degrees in here. Oh, my gosh. Don't humble yourself by, I'm kind of wrong. Don't humble yourself by, I'm wrong. I might need your help. And uh, I'll be honest with you, there were days, early days, very early days in, the, in our church as my heart was dealing with some things. I had uh, Jamie Gruber saying, stop it, we're dead to that. But, but yeah, nope, nope, we're dead to that. And he wasn't very nice to me. He would just say, John, we're dead to that. And, and I'm like, Jamie, stop it. John, we're dead to that. You're dead to that, John. I might need your help. No, I do need your help. Don't humble yourself by, I'm wrong, but I can do it. You can't do it. You can't. You can't. You need God's help. You need your church's help. Don't try to, when Joseph was confronted with sin, what did he do? He ran. He didn't try to stand there and reason with a naked woman. He ran out of her room and therefore remain righteous before God. Don't try to play with sin. Don't try to work out your sin. Next one is, I'm wrong, but I can't let others know. And the person that confesses their self, James says that if you confess your sin, that God is faithful and just to forgive you. So here's the deal. When you confess your sin, it shows that you're serious. Why? Because you're, you're done with playing around. God is the only one that forgives your sin, but when I confess it to someone else, it means I, I want to be right. It's about humbling yourself. Don't humble yourself by, I'm wrong, but I don't need any accountability. I'm wrong, but I don't want you looking at my internet browser. I don't want you talking to my wife. I don't, I don't want you to dig into my heart issue. No, that's not going to get your heart anywhere. Don't humble yourself, humble yourself by, I'm wrong, but I don't need any accountability. And lastly, I'm wrong, and others will just judge. I don't, want, I don't want to deal with it. Others will just judge me. You know what? It's better to let someone else judge you than it is let God condemn you. Because we want our hearts right. We want our hearts pure and right before the Lord. Well, just in closing, as we get to point number three, I want to jump ahead a little bit uh, in closing and talk about the last point. Repentance restores my relationship with God, revives the heart, and renders control back to God. Look at, um, let's start in verse 18. I will rise and go to my Father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and for you. I'm no longer to be worthy called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Look at verse 20. It says, and he arose and came to his father. His first step, he had to realize that his heart had issues. He, he had to understand that, that, that he was in the pig's pen for a reason, that he put himself there by trusting his heart. He trusted his heart over his father's wisdom. He trusted his heart over his brother's accountability. He trusted his heart over the counsel and understanding of the world. And then he had to learn that before I can be right with dad, I have to humble myself 
And lastly, look at what repentance does. It restores. Repentance makes things right. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. It's a picture of unity. It's a picture of of care. It's a picture of beautiful relationship. The son that said, Dad, you're dead to me, is now the son that says, Dad, I need you. Father, I've sinned against you. I'm no longer to be worthy to call your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe. The father's not holding on to his bitterness or his hurt. Look at this. The father has a right perspective. And he put it on him. And he put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Remember, the father gave him all of his inheritance. And the father's restoring it. He gave him a robe, sign of majesty. He gave him a ring, sign of wealth. It's just beautiful how God is restoring the heart of the man. The son said to him, Father, and the father says, bring quickly the best. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost is found and they begin to celebrate see the prodigal son is the picture of a believer whose heart is embittered it's a picture of someone who loses their way their 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 sin of the deep rootedness in their heart finds comfort in itself I'm amazed See, if you want to be truly right with God, not just not just speculation, not just, ah, I said a prayer. No, if you want to be right with God, if you want to have that relationship where the Father puts a robe on you, puts a ring on your finger, where the Father restores and replenishes what, what you have taken away by your sin, then repent. Restoration begins with repentance. Repentance is the act of letting God mold you. See, when I control my heart issues, I mold myself. The problem with you molding yourself is that you're finite. You take your wealth, you take your freedom, and you squander it. But God, God knows how he created you in the beginning. And he wants to take your heart he wants to make it he wants to make it free from bitterness he wants to make it free from hurt he wants to make it free from despair he wants to make it free from anger he wants to make it but it begins with you this morning humbling yourself so I want to challenge you you, if your heart's weighty right now grab a friend close and say I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with fear. I live in fear. And you know what? I I yell at people. I I, I get angry. And I respond in ways I shouldn't because I live out of fear. Let's take a few moments this morning as our worship team leads us. And let's just pray for one another. Let's be okay with humbling ourselves. 
We don't need to stand up. We don't need to go anywhere. If you need to find a friend and pray with, you can sit right there in your chair. You can come forward. But let's take a couple moments and respond to God's word. I saw your hands earlier. How many of you raised your hands and said, I have heart issues? I saw it. Well, you can find freedom of those heart issues by coming to Jesus Christ who paid the penalty of your sin. Who wants to give you life and freedom and joy and peace and the total opposite of the penalty of the heart? You have to come to him this morning. So as I pray, as the worship team sings, find your way to somebody. Ross is an elder. He's here. I'm here. Dave would pray with you in a heartbeat. Jamie's here. Jeremy, listen, we have so many people that care for you. For you to sit back and and hold on to your your hurt, to hold on to your sin, to hold on. Listen, that's on you. But if you would humble yourself, God would place and and he he would lavish his grace upon you. There's no need this morning to hold on. Not to hold on to what Satan wants to do to you. You can find peace and joy and, and salvation by trusting in the gospel of Jesus. Let's lean in together, church. Let's pray together. Let's ask Jesus to solve our issues. Let's, let's let go and let God deal with it. Thanks for listening to Get Vertical Gal Police. Now we want you to join the conversation. Is God transforming your life through his word? We would love to hear about it. Message us at info at verticalgalpolice.org and find us on social media by searching Vertical Church Gal Police. Join the conversation. You are loved.